You know, Brother Rob was saying there about the hour of power. Sometimes people wonder how I got that. When I was 18 years old, a freshman at Southwestern Assembly of God University, and then it was called Southwestern Bible School, but uh, we were a bunch of us guys sitting around talking, you know, because we all planned on going to ministry. And I said, well, if I ever have a church, I didn't, I, I didn't really figure I would because I was more of an evangelist and I was that until the Lord told me to start this church in 85. But uh, I said, I've been in this all my life. I was telling you, y'all know it too, that I was born on a Sunday and I was in my dad's church the next Sunday. And I said, I've seen on Wednesday nights go on half of the night and it wasn't necessary and crowds dwindled down. I said, if I ever have a church, I'm going to have my Wednesday night is going to be hour of power. It's going to start and we're going to do an hour. It's going to be packed full. And so that's how hour of power came into being. And I didn't even know, uh, what's his name? Schuler had a, I don't even think he had a, a, that broadcast back then in 1958 when I was there. But uh, I never heard of Hour of Power. I just come up with it myself. Somebody said, oh, you get that from him? No, I got it from my own self back in 1958, sitting in a dorm room at Southwestern and it was a bunch of guys talking about ministry. So I thought I'd give you a little history, okay? <laughs> uh, you know, on Wednesday night, I just like to talk to you out of my heart and about, and, and I like to go down the path that whatever I say here, it's, it's good for natural life and spiritual life. Sometimes a lot of people don't realize that many, most, not many, most or all, I should say, uh, the same principles that it takes to be successful in a natural life is the same principles that it takes to be successful in the spiritual side. You know, you got to go to work when you don't want to. Well, you got to sit down and read the Bible when you don't want to. Hello. <laughs> and you know, Mark Strand, an American author and poet once said, the future is always beginning now. And that's true. Everybody looks at the future being a long way off, but the beginning of your future begins with your next breath, with your next minute. Hello. See, some people are always waiting on the future. Hey, <laughs> you're experiencing the future every minute, every hour of every day. And so I just want to talk about experiencing life to the full or having the good life, you might want to call it. I will probably interchange both of those. You know, uh, as we're looking at this, I, 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 that's what I want to share about tonight. Philippians 3.13. Philippians 3.13. We're going to take this from the Apostle Paul. And uh, he says here, Brethren, I do not count myself to apprehending, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now I want to read that from the message. It, it said, hey, friends, don't get me wrong. 
by no means do I can't count myself an expert in all of this. But I got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. Here we see that Paul is pursuing experiencing the good life. He is intent on his life being full of everything that God says. You know, reading the life of Paul in the book of Acts is very interesting, but also it's interesting to get some of the historical books where people have done as much research and gathered as much thing as as they can about his life and read about that. It's, It's interesting. Paul was a very interesting person. He was, uh, he, it, it said that he studied under the great Rabbi Gamaliel. It's also said that he went to the University of Tarsus. And I'm just saying what I've read from, from the records. And some, some even think that he at one time, because of some of the things he said, that he might have been a member of the Sanhedrin. I do know he said that he, he called himself a, a Jew among the Jews. I mean, he was religious. He was there. And uh, then he became the greatest missionary that the world has ever known. In fact, he, tra- he traveled the known world at that time and established mega churches before the term was ever even heard about. Hello? So, you know, he did what he needed to do to live the full life, experiencing life to the full. And one of the things that he did is in this verse of scripture, he said, I don't count myself to be an expert in all of this. And yet he was in the old scripture, the law, in the old law, he was an expert. But he went on to, but I got my eye on the goal. And I like in, in the King James, it said, one thing I do, forgetting the things that are behind. In order to, he realized in order to experience the good life, that he had to realize that he had just touched the surface of all that there was to enjoying the good life of God. You know, anybody ever heard of a man by the name of Dale Moody? If you hadn't, go look him up. Nowadays, used to, we had to go to the library and, and search go through how many of you are old enough that the encyclopedia guys come by selling encyclopedias and you and and every household had either Britannica or or a world book I got any hand let me see your hand (laughs) we had world book and I I liked world book better than Britannica because Britannica was it's a it was a little too I don't know what, but anyway, I didn't, I couldn't understand it. But nowadays 
All you got to do, all these kids have to do is get on the internet and it's all right there. We had to go search for it in the books. In 1873 in Dublin, D.L. Muddy heard a British evangelist, Henry Valery, utter these life-changing words to him. He heard, he heard these words and they became life-changing. The world is yet to see what God will do with a man who fully and wholly consecrated to the Holy Spirit. Moody later commented, he said, he, 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 said, he said a man. He didn't say a great man. He didn't say a learned man. He didn't say a rich man. He just said a man. I'm a man. And it lies within the man himself whether he will or will not make the entire full consecration. I will try my utmost to be that man. And that word man there means mankind, everybody, both male and female is what it's talking about there. Now, here, that's a great statement. Some people think that they have to attain a certain position or they have to know so much or they have to have so much money in order to live the good life. No, in order to live the good life, all you have to know is the fact that whatever you do, both spiritually and naturally, depends on you. In the sports world, when we're going into a big game, championship game, there's a statement that they make. How much do you want it? How many of you have played sports have heard that statement before? How, how bad do you want it? How much do you want it? You see, the effort you put in depends on how much you really want it. I hear a lot of people talking about they want they want this or that, talking about the promises of God, but they're not willing to put what it takes in to get there. I ran in the 1957, I ran in the state track meet in Oregon. But I tell you what, I didn't get there because I wanted to. I got there because after coach put, told everybody they could go to the locker room, I stayed out there. Locker room was small anyway at Canville Bible Academy where I was going to school and anyway, so I, I stayed out there and, and I would run five, six, sometimes 10 extra 220 yard dashes. I'd run, I'd sprint as hard as I could for 220 yards. Back then we had yards, not meters. You guys got meters today. And I'd walk 220 yards and then I'd take off and sprint again. And that track was 440 and 440 yard track. I don't tell you what, we were running in that state meet in the 880 relay, which each man ran 220. I came off of that last curve, headed down toward Lanky Martin. As I come off that curve, man, my, my lungs were screaming. My body was screaming at me, but I just gritted my teeth and kept pushing as hard as I could push. 
but I wouldn't have had that extra effort if I hadn't put that extra time in back there in March, April. That was May the 18th. That extra time. The guys that are the good hitters in baseball, they spend hours in that batting cage. Come on. A lot of people wanting to be this or that in the natural. If you want to be that in the natural, then put what it takes in the natural to get there. And then people talk about living the life in the spirit world. Then do what it takes to be there. Reading the word, studying the word, praying. Now, I don't mean that you can't have a real, a, a natural life. But just take that extra time sometimes. You know, when I was growing up, my dad always told me, son, you can be anything you want to be. And he always told me, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right or don't do it at all. Hello. Every night that I put Denise and Craig to bed when they were kids, I would tell them, I'd say, you can be anything you want to be with you and God. It's up to you what you become. I always thought I wanted to be a geologist or a meteorologist, and I studied all that, or a race car driver. I did get to drive some race cars. <laughs> my wife says I still drive like a race car driver in my car. In fact, at Garland Junior High School, when I was in the ninth grade, back when I was in school, it was, you know, it was seven, eight, and nine was junior high, and then 10, 11, and 12 was high school. Anybody go there when it was like that? Well, I got some friends in the house tonight. And so I read every book in that library of Garland Junior High on racing that, that they had in there. But when I was 17 at Old Oak Ranch Youth Camp, I answered the call of God upon my life. And I've been as faithful as I know how to be. I have pursued that with everything I got, with all of my knowledge, with all of my strength. And today, I still pursue that. Because that's my life. That's who I am. See, you have to get to the point that you understand who you are, what you want to have, and then put everything you got into, into getting there. Tonight, I want to give you a few things. First of all, in order to experience a good life, you got to find out what is possible for you. Now, I don't care what a lot of people think they want to be and all that. It, it's not possible sometimes. If you can't sing, don't try to pursue a singing career because it's not possible. I had somebody say one time, well, they prophesied I was going to be a great singer. And I went to music class and they said I couldn't even carry a tune. I said, well, forget it. <laughs> Hello. 
You know, I was told this by several different teachers in different ways, but I'll say it like one of them said it. Don't try to be something that you are not capable of obtaining. Hello. You know, I have always been able to talk in front of a crowd. I've done it ever since I've been ever since I was in started the school. I guess I think one of the reasons is because when I was 19 months old, my dad took me and set me on the platform because my sister was born, and back in those days, there wasn't no nurseries. Hello. So you, you can't even comprehend that. Well, how many of you can comprehend when there wasn't no nurseries? Everybody was inside of, it'd be, it's a one-room church. <laughs> many people can't comprehend those. <laughs> okay, let's go on. Mark 9, 23 said, Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who can believe. Now, God's word translation said, Jesus said to him, as far as possibilities goes, everything is possible if a person believes. The possibilities of your life are only limited by what you believe. I had coaches say, you got to believe you can before you can. And that takes me to the scripture, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. What we believe is determined by what we know. Did you know you can't believe beyond knowledge? My dad used to, I've heard him say that many times. I've heard, some of you probably heard him say it too. If, how many of you heard my dad teach and heard him say that? Hello? You know, God created all of us with certain talents and attributes, but to reach those and to their fullness depends upon us. You know, the knowledge of God's word is what helps you to obtain the promises of God. But the same thing is true with your chosen occupation. The knowledge of that, the more knowledge you have of that, the more apt you are to get promoted. Some people are wanting promotion, but at three minutes before checkout time, they're standing at the clock. And some other guy is still at his desk working, and then he wonders why that guy got promoted and he didn't. Hello. When I was associate pastor of my father-in-law for six years, he said, son, let me tell you something. He said, if you want something done in a church, find the person that's doing the most in the church, volunteering, and you'll get it done. <laughs> Think about that one. Y'all chew on that one for a while. <laughs> Understanding is the basis for expectation. Understanding the word 
See, first you get understanding of what is possible before you can have an expectation. That's true in the natural world too. Okay? How many of you have ever heard or met somebody that rose up against all odds, finished college, entered a professional career, and nobody in his family had ever done that? Matter of fact, you ask those family members uh, about that, and they would say, we, we just don't understand it. It's just, we just can't hardly believe it. And yet, here is one person from that family that realized that there was new possibilities in life. You've just got to look beyond where you're at now. Hello. When someone has great expectations, you will find great achievements. Now that's in the natural and the spiritual. I know I've heard my dad say he used to ask people, well, what, you know, they come down there, come there for prayer. What are you expecting? Well, I don't know. Whatever God wants to give me, he said, that's what you're going to get. You get what you expect. Some fellow by the name of Jack Kinder said, high achievement always takes place in the framework of high expectations. And I did a series, oh, it's been a while back now, on, on expect, expecting. Remember, remember, how many of you remember me teaching that series? Oh, not very many. I can teach it again. No money, y'all don't even remember it. Uh, oh, I won't. I can go back and get those notes, teach that again. <laughs> now, if you're going to enjoy experiencing the good life, you have to determine to put the past behind you. Remember, back here, he said, forgetting those things which are behind. Now we find in Numbers chapter 11, there. Now the mixed multitude or among them yielded to the intense craving so that the children of Israel also wept again and said, who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, the garlic. But now our whole being is dried up and there's nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. Here, the Israelites are looking back at their past life in slavery and saying it was better than going to the promised land. I believe they were using selective memory and only remembering the good food that they had and not remembering the forced labor, the bad living conditions and all that was demanded of them. You know, when I was a kid, you don't hear it very much now, but when I was a kid in the church growing up and 
even into my teenage years and even into my early 20s, you hear people talk about the good old days. Let me tell you what. People talk about the 50s. Hey, we didn't get an air conditioner in our house. When the air conditioner until 1955. They wasn't good old old days. I don't know about that. It was hot. (laughs) Down there in Texas, it was hot. I remember I was in the first grade down there at Van, Texas. Dad was pastor there. And, and we had this, I don't know what, what kind of fan you call it. Anyway, it was on the back porch back there. We had a little back porch, screened in back porch, or actually it was walled in. It used to be screened, they'd walled it in. And we had this big, big, big fan back there. And at night, you raise the windows about that much and you turn that fan on and it would suck in that air, the cool air from outside. Now you see, we, there wasn't any semen around us. Where, where that parsonage and that house has this green grass and so forth. And so when it, the sun would go down, it, it would cool off at night. How many of y'all from the farm country remember how it'd be hot during the day, but you, it'd cool off soon as sun went down. I know at grandpa's house, it would do that. But, you know, and they talk about the good old days. Well, hey, we had to drive to the next town to go to the store, you know. So, <laughs> hey, I'm talking about even today, people have selective memory when they start talking about something. All they're remembering is the the good stuff and they don't remember all the other stuff. Living in the promised land was going to be far better and they would have a full life, good life. You know, I want to say that you can't make positive progress into what could be when you're concentrating on what has been. Let me say that again. That's a good statement. You cannot make positive progress into what could be when you're concentrating on what has been. You stop and think about that for a minute. That's history. It can't be changed. But what could be is right there in front of you. You know, you could linger at the door of past failures because none of us is perfect. Let's starve the memories of failure and defeat and feed on the expectation of the successful future or the good life that lies in front of us. Anybody getting anything out of this? You know, sometimes you even have to put the good memories in the past if, because they will keep you from pushing forward into the good life in front of you. You know, there is no sense looking back unless that's the direction you want to go. 
And I've used that before. That actually, that's a statement that Van Crouch made. The greatness of God and the greatness of your future in the natural cannot be discovered by continually exploring the past. That's a good statement. You ought to remember that one. A, a lady by the name of Grandma Moses, and I looked, I looked her up on the internet, and she was, a, she was a poet and an artist, and I don't know what all back. She made this statement. Life is what you make it. Always has been, always will be. <laughs> Think about that for a minute. Life is what you make it. Always has been, always will be. And that's both naturally and spiritually. Come on now. You know, a lot of times when people face difficulties and hardships is when they stop that's when they stop progressing and going forward you know I'm looking in the Bible and everybody in the Bible that achieved something great they had they went through some situations hello God got, Abraham left his country going where he, he didn't even know where he was going. But he got there. He faced some difficulty doing it. Read about it. Moses got the children to the edge of the promised land, but he went through some stuff to get there. Everybody always likes David, man. He's a, that's a great, David is a great story. But you, he had some great achievements and became a great king. But read what he went through to get there. Look at Peter. I mean, he denied Christ. Yeah, but look at him on the day of Pentecost. What I'm trying to say to you is, you're going to face difficulties, naturally and spiritually, but it's what you keep doing that will bring you through to the other side successfully. You know... Psalm 23 says, though I, yea, though I walk through the valley. It didn't say stop. Didn't say set up camp. Walk through. Old Mike Perry got a song and I, I play it every once in a while because I listen. I like, my, I like my country gospel. He said, whatever you're going through, you're going through. I made up my mind a long time ago. There wasn't nothing that could stop me from doing what I feel like God wants me to do. There's nothing that will stop me but myself from doing what needs to be done in the natural. 
I remember riding that bus, October of 1962. We boarded a bus in Dallas, Texas. Whole bus was full. Every seat was full. Going to Fort Leonard, Missouri for basic training. And all them guys talking about Oh, how hard it's going to be and all this and all that. I looked at, I looked at them. I said, I don't tell you something, guys. I said, there's not a sergeant that will break me. I made up my mind ahead of time before I ever got there because I knew it was going to be tough. It was going to be hard. But there wasn't no sergeant going to break me down. I'm going to, I'm going to go through every conflict everything that they throw at me and I'm going to come out on the other side and I'm going to graduate with honors. But let me tell you what, you got to make that kind of decision spiritually and naturally in everything you do if you're going to be successful. If you want to have the good life. Hello? Oh, it's eight o'clock. It's time to quit. Okay. <laughs> Just, hey, let me tell you what. I'm going to do this real fast. Take time to plan. Take time to outline steps for fulfilling what's in front of you. Sometimes it's it's time to stop and reflect so that you can move forward. Reflection, what's that help us to helps you determine whether you're making any progress or not. Okay. The only last thing to do is persist persistently push forward toward the goals that you feel that you need in the spiritual and that you need in the natural. And it comes back to what pastor says all the time, the natural and the supernatural working together, make an explosive force for God. It's not all supernatural, but it's not all natural either. We are a two part being. We are a natural being and a spiritual being living here together on, on earth. And so let's be, live the good life on both sides of the fence. Hallelujah. Anybody get anything out of this tonight? Praise the Lord. Just thought I'd talk to you a little bit. Heavenly Father, help us tonight to understand that whatever happens, whatever our future is depends on us and what we believe and what we do in the natural and the spiritual. Help us all to move forward with you and live the good life in Jesus name. Amen. Everybody stand. You know, he said he wanted us to have life and have it more abundantly. And he just wasn't talking about spiritual life. He's talking about both sides. Amen.